0: Hi, welcome to the Refuge House broadcast. We are so glad that you decided to join us today. Here at the Refuge House, we help people discover their God-given uniqueness through the teaching of God's Word so that they can be empowered to make a difference and impact the world for Christ. So here's what you need to do. We need you to grab your Bible, your notebook, your pens, and then get ready for a powerful message and see what God is going to do. I believe there are people in your life that probably need this message. So go ahead and share this to them and invite them to be a part of what God is doing today. Thank you and enjoy this week's message.
1: This morning, I deny myself and I take up your cross and follow you. I give you all the praise and all the glory because you are good and your mercy endures forevermore. Without you, I can do nothing. I am not sufficient to think anything as coming from me. My sufficiency comes from you. So this morning, I lift up my two hands and I worship you and I give you thanks as my sufficiency. You are my more than enough precious father do not leave me to myself i give you all the praise i give you all the glory can you just pray in the holy ghost for like one minute just minister to him Il love you, l'a 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 We love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. Jesus, we love you, Lord. We love you, Lord. Jesus, we love you, Lord. We give you all the glory. We give you all the praise. Blessed be your man and name. Lift, lift your two hands and say thank you, Jesus. Say from your heart, say thank you, Jesus say it from your heart say thank you jesus thank you jesus thank you jesus thank you jesus we give you praise hallelujah hallelujah lord we bless your father in jesus name beloved father we say thank you thank you for jesus the perfect revelation of your goodness and your mercy tonight this morning again father we are here to eat of that bread of life that comes from your word our hearts are hungry you are everything to us We can do nothing without you so precious jesus let your revelation be revealed to each and every everyone here today Precious Father, open the eyes of our understanding and grant us illumination so that we may know what is the hope of your calling, what is the riches of the glory of the inheritance in the saint, and what is the exceeding greatness of your power that has been made available to us in Christ. We ask again that you might fill us afresh with the Holy Ghost and fire from the crown of our head to the sole of our feet. Let your life be ministered through the ministry of the word. We we'll declare that yokes are destroyed, bodies are lifted up, will paralyze any satanic attempt to hinder this meeting in any form. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we we'll proclaim the lordship of Jesus over this meeting. Let the name of the Lord be glorified and all of God's will shall they give, amen. Shall they good amen. Shout a good amen. All right, please have your seat. Some quick announcement before I begin to preach. Remember, our convention is drawing closer. November tenth to thirteenth. It's a Thursday to Sunday meeting. It's going to be an amazing time in God's presence. Hallelujah. So make sure you are praying. Um, By the grace of God, uh, I begin to pick up some direction in prayer. I'm going to share that hopefully this week so we can start praying in alignment with planning. And also, I want to appeal to those who are supposed to deliver something on the Thanksgiving. Maybe you are asked to bring something. Please fast track what you're doing so we can start walking. The stalling is getting too much. Praise the Lord. Today is 18th. And uh, we have barely less than two months to do this. So let's make sure we're doing it. Amen? All right. Remember also, Pastor Victor's wedding is coming up on the um, 8th of October, traditional wedding and 15th. So let's be praying for them and, and trust God. You'll be a blessing in one way and the other to them. Hallelujah. Also, there's a general cleanup that is coming up. Some of you, you don't know what temple keepers go through to clean this place. So we're doing a general cleanup there's a lot of work to be done uh before convention so we're using the first of october am i right yeah first of october for everybody come and clean the house of god amen? amen come and clean don't don't just sit in the house come ready to clean let's clean let's make the place nice and for once some of you should humble yourself and come and clean so make sure you put that in your diary and plan towards that amen okay number four we've started a new series in Bible study. How many of you read what I wrote on Stop Avoiding Bible Study? Wow. I'm not surprised why some of you, because I posted it on the platform. How many of you saw it on the platform? Do you guys look at the WhatsApp platform? That's very disappointing. I posted Stop Avoiding Bible Study. And if you saw it and didn't read it, um, I mean, is wrong somewhere. Avoiding Bible study is unhealthy for your faith. If at the slightest excuse, maybe you went for business, you went somewhere, maybe because you just cough and sneeze, or you just, oh, I'm late, or for for personal convenience, you will decide to cancel Bible study. That's a very grave mistake. Bible study is essential for your faith. It's a time we deepen our root in Christ. Don't just avoid it in the right of the last thing i said is there's only one person that benefits when you miss bible study is the devil because he knows that your accuracy and depth with the word of god is a function of how properly taught you are remember what paul said in colossians 2 verse 5 and 6 he said as you have received christ so rooted and grounded in him and what established in the faith abounding with thanksgiving even as you have been taught So there's a place for teaching. Jesus preached and taught extensively. 90% of his communicating the gospel was teaching. And what he poured on the disciples were teaching, apart from the time he spent praying with them, he took time to teach them the principles of the kingdom. So if you're going to be effective, and we're living in a time where the Bible called perilous times, your only weapon, your only offense, and your only guaranteed victory over the devil at any time is the word of God. And we live in a generation where uh, I am in this generation, but when I got saved, I got saved in the 70s, and I've worked with God in the 80s and the 90s. The generation that we're in, uh, maybe because it's social media, I don't know why, were very light when it comes to spiritual things. We, we attended a minister's conference in uh, Carbinder's church from Thursday to yesterday. It was was tough, it was intense, um, was it on Friday, we were listening to the word for almost eight hours. It was intense. You know? But there's something uh, Reverend Miko said. He said, God does not use people who don't need him. It shocked me. What I have known in a dimension, but when he said it, he hit me. Then he said something else, and I will give it to you free of charge. He said, there are too many Christians in Nigeria that know what to do. He said, and when you, know, when you know what to do, God will leave you to do what you claim you know to do. He reinforced some of the things God has begun to deal with. To know God is a pursuit. Say that with me. To know God is what? It's a seeking. It's a pursuit. There's nothing that I like. I have known. The, the moment you enter that error... Satan will get you to doubt and will start to introduce unbelief into your system. The moment you just think you know or you figured something out, pride will set in. And once pride sets in, brothers and sisters, you will begin to set yourself, the enemy will set you up against the devil because God will always resist the proud and will give grace to the humble. Why is it that when it comes to the word of God, we're very non-chalant, we are very non nonchalant, we do not care, you know, we're, we're, we're tripped with all the fun and all the other things. But when it comes to the word, which is the main thing that grooms us and establishes us, we are like, whoa, it's the work of the enemy. And you have to fight that in your life. Are you hearing me? Even the word note you write, Satan will fight you from not reading it. I sat with the man, because I went to see him yesterday after the service, and we're talking. I told him, I said, I listened to your message for the first time in the 90s. I said, my brother is a pastor. He gave me a tape from you. And as I met him, I remember the tape. I said, the title of the message was Meditation. He now looked at me. He said, Really? I said, Yes. As I've started listening to it, it's in the early 90s. And that message blessed me. There was something he said. This is the man, he's 71 years old now. And he said to me, He said, You will not believe what happened to me before I came to preach today. He said, Satan fought me and convinced me that my message will be flat today. I said sir I don't understand who. I said because of all the three sessions today is the one I took the most notes he said you will not believe this now if someone who is 45 years in the ministry 51 years a believer can open his mind and say he said he said something to me he said he asked me my name When he said I know your son name. then he said I've come to one conclusion I don't know God as I ought to I want to know him So I said, 45 years preaching in the ministry. How many of you are 45 years old here? I'll be 52 in January. Are you up to 45? If you're up to 45, you know what? 45 years preaching, 51 years a Christian. And I said, then we're missing something. We live in a very proud generation. Too many We're too proud. We think we know. We think we know. And the crisis in our life is showing up the way they are to prove to us that we are proud, there is what is called the pride of knowledge. Paul said in First Corinthians 18. He said, "Be very careful." He said, "If you think you know, you do not know as you ought to know." The moment you think you figured God out, then you have lost it. You're on the wrong lane. The moment you think you are just, you know, you've figured it out. You just figured it out. When it comes to the things of God, you are like you can easily miss service, and it doesn't bother you. You can easily just miss church. It's not a problem. You can even leave service and go and answer a phone call and meet somebody that's with And it doesn't bother you. There is no reverence for God, his presence. Hey, lift your hand, say with me. There's something he said and I've been praying that. Lord, say with me, say, Heavenly Father, do not leave me to myself. See, when Jesus said, um, without me, you can do, some of us, I think we think it's just a cliche, but it's the truth. He spoke about humility yesterday that, and used Jesus as an illustration to capture humility from Ephesians, Philippians 2. He said, let this mind be in you which was also in Christ. You know what he said? He said, what is that mind? He said, it's the mind of denying yourself and taking your cross daily and following Jesus. What does it mean to deny yourself? It simply means until you are dead to the flesh. What does it mean? Renew your mind. I've taught you some of the principles here. Because your greatest enemy is the flesh. Paul said, walk in the spirit so you may not fulfill what? The desires of the flesh. And if you don't have the word, are you going to walk in the spirit? There are desires of the flesh that want to amplify non-essentials in your life. Activities that may not be sinful, but they may be weight. They may not allow you to pray. They may not allow you to focus on God. They may not allow you to meditate on the word. They may fill your head with the pride of knowledge making you think you've figured some things out. You know some things out. And that's a dangerous lane to be in. It's a dangerous lane. And because when you come into the house of God, you come in an attitude that you, as a guy is preaching, if goes, before he goes, you've quoted it, and you, I know what he's talking about, then you block your mind. That's a wrong attitude to knowledge. And it's a wrong attitude to knowing God's word. That's why today many of us are easily deceived by the wives of the devil. Because I've always told you this. The only way to fight Satan's lie is truth. And if you don't continue in his word, you will not know the truth. You'll be in short supply, deficient of the truth because your, your continuity, your familiarity with the word is weak. Jesus said in John 8, 31, If you continue in my word, then are you my followers indeed. And you shall know the truth and the truth will make you free if you continue continue in reading the word in studying the word continue in most essentially hearing the word sunday is not enough in sunday seven people can say I, I went to see my mother that i seek i went to see my brother and i seek everybody can give any excuse but do you do you understand there is a fight over your knowing god there's a warfare in the spirit over your knowing God. Because if the enemy can win over your knowing God, then every other thing will be easily manipulated by him. Because he'll corrupt your decision. He'll corrupt the way you see things. He'll corrupt the way you do things. And, and, and all of a sudden, you will forget. When you had nothing, you held on to God. Now that some things are showing up in your life, you just feel that you're too busy to give time to God. May God help us. Say with me, say, Lord... Don't leave me to myself. Say it, pray it. Say, Heavenly Father, don't leave me to myself. Pray that prayer one more time. Say, Heavenly Father, don't leave me to myself. You know, where we grow, up, they say, de You know what, means? When you think you too know, it can kill. Because that attitude will prevent you from being humble to learn what you should learn. I pray that as you hear God's word today, you will learn something. Are you hearing me? You will learn something that will help you. And most importantly, you will learn something that will change you. Why is it that the word today is laughing at the church? We seem to be making noise, but there's no difference. There's no impact. Our character is not speaking. We behave like unbelievers. We quarrel like them. We insult like them. We worry like them. We fear like them. And the the only difference is that you wear clothes and go to church on Sunday. What's the proof of what you're hearing in your own life? What is happening? What's the evidence of the word at work in your heart? What's the evidence of the life of the spirit in your testimony? Where's the evidence? I pray God help us this morning in Jesus' name. Hear with me, say, Heavenly Father don't leave me to myself say that woman as heavenly father don't leave me to myself in jesus name all right are we ready for the word all right we're, we're looking at uh, dealing with the wives of the devil in marriage last sunday we dealt with um uh, looking on the submission system how satan tries to use the weapon of incontinency which is lack of self-control to attack the marriage union and we say that weapon is a weapon against submission in marriage is that clear and we read from first um, first corinthians chapter 7 verses 3 to 5 where Paul applied the principle of submission to the marriage relationship in the area of sexual relationship between the husband and the wife and he said that when you're married the husband and the wife are subject to one another their body becomes theirs the husband's body becomes the wife's body the wife's body becomes the husband's body and he said if for any reason there will not be conjugal relation between the husband and the wife it should be with what consent everybody say consent what is consent agreement so you will not decide to take a sexual vacation without telling your husband if you had an agreement for it honor it Don't avoid it. Don't behave like you're smart. Oh, sorry, I didn't tell you that I was very tired. Uh -uh. When you start allowing incontinency to come in, just as you are losing control there, you start losing control in every other area. Is that clear? Do you understand what I'm saying? And and I did tell you that submission is the fabric of the kingdom of God. The entire system of God's kingdom operates in submission. And when we define submission, what did we say submission is? We said submission is what? Huh? Acknowledging the superiority of the ways of God. Please read your read your note. Read your word notes. Read it. That's the only thing I can tell you. We said submission is acknowledging what? The superiority of the ways of God over our ways. And we said that when we submit, we are operating in the wisdom of God. And submission is something we give to God willfully. That's why the word of God seeks to uh, uh, educate us and give us understanding about submission. And, And we said this, that submission is surrendering, is obeying, and yielding to God and his ways. Because the enemy will want you to focus on your ways. Your ways is your own way of things. There is a way that simmeth right unto a man, but the end of it are what are the ways of death. There is no life in our way. Say that with me. Say, there is no life in my way. No life in my way. Say it louder. No life in my way. I want you to hear your mind say that. Say, there is no life, in my way. no life in my way. Okay, let's make it very personal. Say, there is no life in my own way of doing things. There is no life in my own way. Yeah, there is no life there. The only life is when you do it God's way. He says, my ways are higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. So, in in, in obeying sub, in submission in the marriage, we began to look at um, the way the Bible highlights it begins with the wife. And uh, we said some very important things. Today, we're going to begin to talk about submission with regards to the men. Say amen. amen. You know, when I ended, somebody said, no. I said, no. It's not competition. Say with me say. It's not competition. See, one of, one of the Dangerous assault on relationship is a sense of competition. Please, if you don't let the word of God take root in your heart, it will affect you. Competition is a dangerous arrow from the enemy. Paul said, They that compare themselves with themselves are not wise. Competition is the heart of comparison. Today, the world has been driven by that. It's one of the venom in the system of this world. Everybody comparing themselves. When some of them ask you, How are you doing? they are not asking you because they care they want to find out if you have over, if they are, you have overtaken them What you they do now it's not because he concerns you want I mean, ah, you don't need work for this that means they'll be paying you very good money if they're paying you, that means we'll be seeing a very nice house Eh? that means it's probably i've bought a land now probably he's building his house so you can imagine the wickedness all right so don't don't ever compare yourself thank god for people but don't compare yourself what did i say i always say this to myself i don't compare myself with anybody the moment you begin to compare yourself you will open yourself to satanic manipulation you are living in one bedroom praise god you're living in two bedroom you can afford it praise god if you cannot afford two bedroom go to one bedroom first there is always a place to start in life say amen, amen. did you hear what i said does no 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 my friend is in two bedroom uh-huh. so what does he mean can you afford it no then afford, do the one you can afford stop comparing your life with people Somebody can come to me and he doesn't even understand how my faith works. And you said, because I stay in the kind of house, I say, you want to go and stay there? <laughs> they may admit you in the hospital. Are you hearing me? Don't ever compare. God did not put us to compare. Comparism is a work of the flesh. Did you hear what I said? It's a work of what? The flesh. Don't ever do that. Thank God. When you hear God do something and somebody's like, praise God, rejoice. I'm glad for them. Rejoice with them that rejoice. Mourn with them that mourn. That's what the Bible says. He didn't say compare yourself with them. Comparison is what is destroying the joy of a lot of believers today. They're not even happy. Why? Because they just heard that their friend that they left school together just got a job. And for that whole week, you are a witch and a wizard. A witch if you are a female and a wizard if you are a male. You cannot be grateful to people, for people. You can't be happy for them. You just hear that somebody is progressing, then your days, you are sad. Or maybe you're married and your fellow mate who was in school who also got married, the husband just bought a car and two of you are still doing like this Then once you just hear, he called, Joy, guess what? My, my husband just bought a car for me and him. Oh, praise God with me. And she's sharing it from the depth of her heart, thinking you are a friend and you will rejoice with her. Hey, hey yeah, praise God. Oh. Then the moment drops, you drop for you, then the next thing, your husband just enters the house. Then you just look at him. You look at him and say, Good morning. You'll be looking at him. Good morning. Nobody had a greet. Now, a person like you, the greet person. You're ungrateful. And that kind of thing cannot attract the goodness of God in your life. Are you hearing me? Do you understand what I'm saying? Because this is where, even in, in the marriage relationship, it will. When we start looking at the message, you will understand what I mean. It happens. Don't compare. Thank God for your husband. Amen. When, when, I, when I got married when I didn't have a car. I didn't have a car. So when, when we were going out, we were going out with Okada and taxi. And I can still use Okada now. Not a problem. Not a problem. If I compare cost, if it's cheaper to use Okada or Kekenape, I will use it. I went for a 16-kilometer walk. I used Kekenape to go out. So don't, don't beat. You are, when, when you surrender to Christ, things don't define you. See, this concept of level is a work of the flesh. Are you hearing me? There's something he said yesterday that, bless you, if you remember, mommy. He said Jesus was so ordinary. Are you with me? He was so simple and he's so blended that he told the people that for you to recognize him among his disciples, I will give him a kiss at the jaw. That's how simple Jesus was. That's how what? That's how humble he was. Bible said he made himself of no reputation. No level. Jesus didn't do levels. If he did levels, children would not have been able to run to him and come and greet him. Do you understand what I mean? Like the way some of our people do. Just small money. Especially when you stole from politics. You, you will harass everybody on the street. Block the road. Play music that nobody wants to hear. Music that you're supposed to play for yourself. You'll be blasting the whole thing. People like four miles away will be hearing you say, no man, you don't, you don't win contract. Or you don't be friend with governor. What kind of nonsense is that? That's pride. In the kingdom, we are not defined by what we have. That's why some of us can't handle abundance. Are you hearing me? You can't handle abundance. To give is a problem. You can't handle abundance because of the way you think. You think because you have 20 million in the account that you're a big man. Oh, so your your big man is worth 20. That's how fake you are. We are defined by who we are in Christ. Are you hearing me? Everything God gives us is not our own. Is a stewardship allocation. Everybody's a stewardship. My wife is a stewardship allocation to me. I am a stewardship allocation to her. The children are a stewardship allocation to us because we are not their owner. We are just a caretaker. So when, when the time God will say, Father, you are the one that gave them, or you are provide what it takes for us to take care of your asset, we are all assets to God. You don't own anything. You came with the, into the world with nothing and you're going to live with nothing. So keep your head under control. That's why submission helps us to see clearly. When you are submitted, you are humble. You're grateful. No pressure. Are you hearing me? A wife will not have a problem submitting to her husband when she has a revelation of submission. It produces a grace force in her spirit and she knows she's submitting to her husband to honor Christ. That's why she does that. So she's not afraid. And God protects the one who is submitted to him. Because when you're submitted to God, he protects you. That's why we said submission is an empowerment. Say amen. Amen. Submission is an empowerment. When you're submitted, you are empowered. You are energized by the Holy Ghost. And the Spirit of God is very loud in your life. Say amen. amen. Yeah, when you're submitted, the Spirit of God is what? It's very loud in your life. It's very loud. It's very loud. You're heightened. And elevate his presence in your life because when you submit to him his power can easily flow through your life say amen, amen. that's what submission is so we, we went through that for the women and we said that as a woman it is out of character for you to be disrespectful amen that's how we stop to be disrespectful it's out of character for a woman to be disrespectful where did i write that one now <laughs> yeah. yes yes We said for a woman, a woman submits, when a woman submits, what does she do? She honors. Everybody say honors. I'm saying this to those who are married and to those who are going to get married. Submission is our culture. Say that with me. Submission is our culture. And uh, we submit because it's our culture. We're trained to submit. Submission is not slavery. That's an assault by Satan. You know, remember, the three areas Satan is trying to attack marriage, true culture, true modernization, and what? demonization is one of the ruthless attack. It 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 paints the picture that marriage is oppressive, that marriage is a man thing. Have you had people say that before? That marriage is a man thing. How many of you have heard that? That's a demonic version or concept that is designed to attack the sanctity of marriage. So a lot of people are now rebelling against that and they don't want to get into marriage. And even if they get into marriage, they start by fighting the man, even from dating, they try to prove point. And they try to make sure that you cannot take me for granted so they go into a relationship with a warm mode, and then they take nonsense he give me nonsense, i give him back talk to me i talk to him back I me mean, I mean, to say i been mean nonsense you will not go far like that did you hear what i said because you're not operating with submission you're operating with a corruption in your heart are you hearing me you you think you are protecting your interest but you are actually destroying your interests. did you hear what i said yeah if you disrespect your husband, you are also disrespecting yourself. Okay? So, so submission is honor. We honor because of Christ. That's our culture. So as, as, And I said we don't stop becoming Christians because of misunderstanding. We don't. We're still who we are. Praise the name of the Lord. So when a woman submits, she honors, reverences, and respects her husband. Being abusive as a woman, insultive, Throwing insult at your husband for whatever reason is out of character for a godly woman. You don't do that. If I just show that you are very immature, very immature. All right, being disrespectful and stubborn, very stubborn. You cannot apologize, even when you are wrong. You refuse to say you are sorry. You say no, you know what the husband, the one they do, they pay me, they pay me. So you know what you're doing? You're not taking laws into your hand. And you can't fight in the flesh. There's no, listen to me, there's no fight in the flesh. Do you understand that? There's no fight. You can't fight in the flesh. When you operate in the flesh, Satan takes full charge. And anything the flesh touches, he will make it worse. Do you understand that? Anything the flesh does, what will you do? It will make it worse. You know, the the flesh likes to show off. likes to show up. and likes to boost. If you go flesh mode, you are destroying anything that you're operating with the flesh. Okay, let me make a comment before we look at the um in the event of an abuse. We are aware that there is abuse in relationship today. Let me read two scriptures. Turn your Bible quickly, Proverbs twelve, verse fifteen, and Proverbs nineteen verse twenty. I, I, I was preparing and the Holy Spirit brought this to my mind in the event of an abuse, because abuse in relationship is is prevalent. Today, it's always been there, and it's, it will always be there because there are people who don't have light, and those who don't have light will be cheap victims of abuse. And let me warn you: abuse is not just for unbelievers. There are Christians that are abusive in relationship. I hope you know that. Yeah. So to abuse is not just a an unbeliever thing. Some even unbelievers are even better in that area than Christians, maybe because of their moral upbringing. So abuse is a reality in relationship. And it can happen on both sides. There are some relationships the men are abusive. Physically abusive. Abuse is when you disregard the value of your spouse to the extent that you rain insult and violence on the person. That's an abuse. Because when the abuse of a thing, when the purpose of a thing is not known, abuse becomes what? Inevitable. Abuse in a relationship happens to an individual spouse or spouses when they don't understand the purpose of the marriage union. The marriage union is not a wrestling competition. It's not a WWE thing. It's not a market thing where you just talk anyhow. It's a sanctity. It's a relationship that it's an honor institution that God created between the man and the woman. But there's abuse. So what do you do when there is an abuse? Either by the man, I've been I watched a very funny skit video, but you know sometimes people want to get trained or they want to get likes. So they post short clips. Even though some of them, they'll be watching violence take place and they'll do nothing, they just want to capture it in the phone. So they quickly send it to social media and people will begin to like it. It's crazy. It's obscene. There was one unfortunate one I watched. Maybe some of you have seen that. I don't know what happened between, whether they are couples, boyfriend or girlfriend, I don't know. But this lady was punching and slapping the man. So the man was defending. I don't know if some of you have seen the video. Was slapping, punching, slapping. The man was defending, and he was defending. He was going back, punching, slapping, punching, slapping the man. So the guy kept defending until he got to the wall, and the woman refused to stop. Then I guess something triggered in the man. The man reacted and began to punch her back. And after two, three blows, she was on the chair. And he continued to pommel her. Then the clip went off because of just 30 seconds. And I said, What kind of nonsense is this? That's a bad image of relation, marriage. Are you hearing what I'm saying? It's even worse when it's done before children. For two couples to be insulting themselves before their children, you are, you are, you are training them wrongly. Because anything you do is a, it's a lesson for them. Come, they see that daddy is always insulting mommy. Okay, when I'm married to I will insult my wife. Or mommy is always insulting daddy. When I'm married, I will insult my husband. You're training them. The lifestyle is one of the training manual for them. It's not just what you say to them or tell them to do your own life. is a training manual. So abuse is wrong. Whether physical abuse or verbal abuse, it is what? It is wrong. What is you decrease? What is you decrease? How can you tell your wife that you You know what a craze is? A craze is a madman, a mad person. So when you tell your wife that you are crazy, you say you are mad. That means your head has gone bonkers. Say, say big head. Hey. So you want the head to be bigger than the size that it has. Because sometimes when you are abusive, you don't think the what and the weight of what you say. You are only interested in saying what you feel and how you feel. And that's where the devil deceives you. Because you have lost control. But get out, boy. You are a very stupid man. Go and check the meaning of stupid. It's not a nice word. Whether you are using it as the man or you are using it as the wife, it's wrong. You're making confessions of death over your relationships. Am I making any sense? All right, praise God. So, Proverbs 12, verse 15. I want to give a counsel on abuse. It says, the way of a fool is right in his own eyes. May God deliver us from foolishness. Anybody can be foolish. To be foolish doesn't mean you are mad. It doesn't mean to be mad like somebody who is walking naked on the street. There are professors that are foolish. There are PhD holders that are foolish. There are people that are well-learned, but they are what? They are foolish. What makes a foolish person in the context of scripture? Jesus said, I will liken a wise man who hears my word and does it. As a man that builds his house on a rock is that not so and i would liken a foolish man to the man who hears my word and does not do it and compare him to a man that builds his house on what? on sand so what does it mean you can be a pastor and be foolish did you hear what i said you can be what a man of god and be foolish any area you are not applying god's word you are foolish in that area no matter how religiously nice you sound did you understand what i mean you're foolish foolishness it's when the word of god is not being acted upon in an area of your life so anybody can be foolish so the bible says the way of the fool is right in his own eyes but he that hearkeneth unto counsel is what is what? what what does it mean to hearken to counsel write this down it doesn't mean just to listen it means to listen and do it did you hear what i said yes, to hearken See, we are very good at listening to just like some of you are hearing me talk now, what well, Pastor talk well, we're to do? Che I, uh, what are you going to do about it? If you're not acting on what you heard today, then it's useless. We're very good at listening, but are we doing it? Until we do, we are not hearkening. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Until you are doing the instruction, because there are some of you I'm going to be speaking to you by the Spirit without knowing any specific in your life. But the moment you know God is talking to you, keep it down and begin to repent and apply it. Say amen. Proverbs 19, 20. Say that to counsel is wise. Why is he wise? Because if you hearken, you do. You understand that? Which agrees with Jesus' statement. A wise man is the one that hears my word and do what it says. All right, Proverbs 19, verse 20. What did he say? Hear, counsel and receive instruction that thou mayest be wise in thy latter end ah cancel is divine is wisdom it's the application of scriptures and it comes to hearing that's why if you don't hear god's word you're going to be in short supply of cancer if you only come to church on sunday you're going to be very short and, and in order for you to reign and thrive in life you need continuous streams of counsel. some of you will pick cancel today and i pray you apply them in jesus name right so what is my cancer in the event of physical abuse if it's against the woman this is my advice i will advise the woman to seek external help immediately at the first slap what did i say because it doesn't start with beating maybe we start with you said we are a boomer a bushman that you now carry blue and go and punch your wife go and punch my poor idiot At the first slap, at the first slap, you listen, seek external help immediately. can't be dating somebody and he's slapping you. It's not a mistake. It's a manifestation of something that is in his heart. Did you understand that? For him to bring himself to either punch you, slap you, kick you, you are watching the fruit of a terrible seed inside him. Something evil has been planted in his soul. Jesus said, That which my father has not planted should be what? Should be rooted out. Do you understand what I'm saying? I've counseled some people. I remember one who, the husband, and I told her because the relationship eventually packed up. Discovered the man was into occultic. Took her one time, wanted to use her. It didn't work. And because the man begged her, she kept quiet. And eventually the man threw out of the house. Threw out. And I said, when he did that thing to you, why didn't you tell your family? He said, he was begging me and crying. I said, he was begging you and crying. I said, so what has been the product of the begging? And then somebody is physically assaulting you. And he says, he's kneeling down and begging. And you know, his mother, he says, so Mercy, I beg now. Oh, Jesus, I take Jesus, beg you. What do you mean, take Jesus? Why do you not use Jesus? Hold your hand. Huh? So, to help him. Then some of you say, okay, you know, I don't want you to think that there's a problem in my relationship. My dear, smell the coffee. There is problem. And when there is problem, what do you do? You solve it. Did you hear what I said? And to seek for help is not weakness. It is pride for you to have a problem and you keep quiet. And you will not talk. Until somebody will not you one day. you see one black thing. So in your eye. See what they will say, I ah, fall. Why you fall take eye in that ground? You don't start lying on top of it. So I advise seek help. And these are my counsel: don't hide it. Even if he begs you, tell him to go and report himself immediately to your pastor. Why is doing that? You do the same thing too. Do you understand me? Because if you tell him, say, "I will go one week," I will go. Is that also? Then after I just leave the thing. I just leave. It don't pass. It don't pass. Now, from a door pass, the next thing I blow, it will blow your head. Or it will use something to hit you on the head. Because physical violence is a, is a stigma. It's an evidence that there's a root. There's a root inside your heart. So be careful. And to help you deal with that, you have to confront that. Tell him to go and report himself to your pastor immediately. Why you do the same? Him saying, sorry, I am sorry, is just remorse because maybe he feels bad. But it's not necessary proof of repentance. You should know that if you're in this church. True repentance is taking personal responsibility and accountability to commit to the process of change required to change an abusive behavior. Did you hear what I just said? Did you hear what I said? Let me rewind it. Some people think it's cultural for a man to slap his wife. It is demonic. Are you hearing what i'm saying it is what some have unknowingly killed their wife without realizing it just hit her before they know the woman collapsed hit her head on the wall and she dies instantly oh she's not alive so she won't tell you the story that she has seen so please hear me because there are so many relationships some of you are in and you know pastor even they beat me now because anytime they make a verse Oh, now you they make a verse. So you are even making excuse for him. You know, he get hot temper, and later I just make a verse, he go slap me. So and I try to control myself so that I will not make him angry, so that he will not be slapping me. You are a fool. I'm not insulting you, I'm telling you that you lack wisdom. A fool is someone, it's not, it does not mean you are just stupid, it means you don't obey the word of God. That's what a fool is. You're playing a dangerous game. My wife is here. I've never slapped her once. I, be, I don't slap you. I never slap her. Even if you happens, you will hear it from my mouth. Never slapped her. I've never even pushed her. No matter the... And she has never insulted me once. Not once. 18 years. Yeah, we've without misunderstanding, but she has never insulted me once. No. She, we may have disagreement, but she doesn't insult me that comes from light understanding are you hearing what i'm saying comes from light it's not good it's not willpower listen to me in the kingdom of god willpower has no future did you hear what i said write it down willpower has what no future what empowers willpower in the kingdom is revelation if you have understanding then your willpower will be graced but don't think you are very... Say, no, it's, I, I guess strong mind. <laughs> Who make the mind strong? You. The flesh is more clever than you. Am I saying something? So true repentance is taking personal responsibility and accountability to commit to the process of change required to change an abusive behavior. If he refuses or stall, you know what stalling is? Delaying with style. My counsel is to call your family immediately. What did I say? Call your family immediately and inform them of the behavior. When I begin to slap me, I have spoken to Pastor. I've told him to share with Pastor. He has refused to go. This is what is going on. You amplify it. What you're doing is that you're bringing accountability to the real. Because he didn't pick you on the street. Did he didn't pick you on the street? He didn't pick you on the street. He brought you from a home. And I'm sure when he came to home, he didn't see your father and mother slapping you, tone by tone. Take him, take him, take him, take him. Then you So you now saw them do that. So he carried you to the house to continue the tradition. Or did he see your parents beating you when he came for you? No. So if he didn't see your parents beating you, slapping you, down, why will he take you from the home, bring you under his covering, and start turning you to a punching bag? No. Am I making any sense? Yeah. So you call why while, while you do that, you should also inform your local assembly that you have called the parents. Because there are some stubborn men or stubborn women that will not listen to the church. I hope you know that. I hope you know. If you don't know, make you know. If you don't know, no. Not forget about this one. They didn't forget this one. Know it. Did you hear what I said? You know because they say if you don't forget about it, forget this one, they don't forget it. You know it well you know it okay all right now why you do that you inform your local assembly that you're doing so if the abuse continues despite church and family intervention you may have to get law enforcement involved because it's a crime according to our law to abuse your spouse Did you hear what I said these are levels of escalation you get the law enforcement involved to stem the tide of violence before it gets out of God. I remember Rupert, remember Rupert, our friend? He was telling me of a story that happened between a married couple, young. The man was extreme, was beating her. And she was scared. So one day when he went, he took the son and ran away. And ran to one of our friends' house. And I don't know how the man found out that they were there. When the man came, was shouting, the woman, where the woman not the woman was shivering. I say nonsense. You not know, get brother, because if you get brother, first of all we will beat that demon out of you first. As we are beating you, we are speaking in tongue. Beating you, speaking in tongue. Beating you, speaking in tongue. Beating you, speaking in tongue. You know, no matter how violent a man is, when you see blow some kind of blow, you will calm down. You know what I mean by that? You will, there's a way they will blow you, or there's a way Mopo will slap you, even if they know you as area boy in your village there is a slap, it will just reset your head. You just calm down. Even the people are like, wow, a miracle has taken place. So you can become like this. Yes, because it's a bad behavior. Are you, you understanding? To the point, first of all, the, she's not your property. Then you will beat her to the point that she's lost her self-esteem. And you, woman, I blame you too. You've allowed him to so desecrate you that you don't even have a shred of respect for yourself. You are not even happy your daughter because they, have, they had a small girl. <coughs> Hallelujah. Because when you, when, you, when you endorse and cover a bad behavior, you are enabling him. And when the guy notices that you enable him, he will have confidence to do more. Have confidence to do more. Abuse is a demonic thing, so you have to fight it. So get the law enforcement involved. Are you hearing what I'm saying? It is physically and spiritually unhealthy and evil for a woman to be abused in any respect. It's physically and spiritually unhealthy and evil. Everybody say evil. 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 Even if she's talking air, you don't, you, don't, you don't beat her. You don't slap her. You don't do that. There are, there are better roads to use. It's called the road of the word. That one, when he beats you, he can beat any devil out of anybody. Are you hearing what I'm saying? The rod of the word of God. The wisdom of God's word is the most effective rod to use. Yeah, you can flog your children, but you can't flog your wife. There's a men who ask came for their wife. See, this one are for the children, this one is for the wife. Then when, when you come out with the kid, the woman will not be doing like, hey, 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 your wife. Hey. Or maybe because she's smallish and you are like uh, Bonstroma in WWE. So your your size that is supposed to protect her is to come and be oppressed her and flogging her like a student. You should be ashamed of yourself. Yet there are people doing it. Be doing it. You something you watch it in Nigerian more movie, you think it's a mistake. It's not a mistake. Some what they have to beat your wife is wire. Say that devil when they correct you that go beat her come out. So you've heard that they cast that devil with wires. Let them flog you too. By the time they flog you, and some of those men, they can't even see stroke, they can't stand. You just see stroke, they'll faint. But they will have power to beat their wife. The scripture does not approve any form of abuse. What did I say? Even, what's his name? Uh, Judas Iscariot, that was stealing from the post, and Jesus knew. Never preached a message on stealing one day, but he knew. Gave him countless opportunity to repent. God is a God who is redeeming. And he never slapped uh, Judas when so they gave him, Bwah! you thief. You just I don't know, so you're the thief. Eh? You don't, you know, I'm the son of God, I know all things. <laughs> he didn't do that. He didn't. He loved him. He loved him. But some of you, hey, they know they wrong you. As if you yourself know the wrong person. When they wrong you, the whole world must stop. But when you are fought, Ah, yeah, just one of those things. No, it's not. It's wrong. Do unto others as you will have them do to you. That's what Jesus said. And we even have a better one in Christ. Say amen. Okay? So, um, that's why before you go into marriage, go for counsel. What did I say? All this backward jumping in your hand, just next to you, appear from nowhere, I won't marry. Be careful though. Because if you ignore counsel, it's against your good. Cancer will advise you. He will make out certain facts known to you so you can check your heart. And they'll give you caution so that when you make up your mind on what you want to do, you will not make it stupid. You see, see this life. There's no two. There's only one. Is that clear? So if you enter it with the wrong person, it's going to be full of two more. And you can avoid it. Stop this back. And sometimes, what the reason some people don't want cancer is because they are fornicating. Once they start fornicating, they don't want to listen again because the brain has fried. That's what the Bible says avoid fornication. Fornication will open you to satanic wisdom. You will be seeing nonsense. When a problem is and you're supposed to confront it, because you've started having sex, your brain will be twisted. You will not want to confront what is wrong. You will just go change. It will, by the time I give her one star, go change. Eh, you will give her one style. Go ahead. So go, everybody say go for cancer. Go for cancer. The counseling session. Uh, Attend the counseling session with sincerity and humility. What did I say? Attend the counseling session with sincerity. Many are not sincere and honest in counsel. They, They just go through it because they want the church to marry them. So they answer a lot of questions, you know, what we want to hear, they tell us. They don't say the truth. They don't say the truth. I remember one time when we went for counseling in Lagos, Pastor Sam was talking to us. He said, Well, Pastor, I know you know. I said, I don't know anything. Just teach me what you want to teach me. Forget about Pastor Roland. I came here to learn as a student. He now smiled and looked at me. He said, There were a couple that came for their counseling. He said, by the time they went through the first two weeks, two of them came together and greeted themselves that there's no future between them. They went their way. I said, Really? He said yes. So said, they said we just received wisdom that this thing there's no future to here so this one went east this one went west i commend them i commend them because they had cancer because there are things you'll be taught there the problem with when you don't attend counseling with sincerity is that you try to use the principle to endorse bad behavior when you hear humility use humility to endorse your bad behavior you're be humble in bad things that's how you are using it so when you hear principles that you you now endorse it with negatives so if I want action you're supposed to sum, submit yourself, are you married? what do you mean submit yourself in action? Are you, it's fornication you don't, you don't do it, so, but the woman should humble are, it's only when you are married that humility applies in, and submission applies in that sense so don't mess your life up you just got one shot, use it well, what did I say? yeah, you get one shot don't be loose. Control yourself. If it's sex, that's your problem. When you marry, you do it all your life. Sometimes you'll be tired. So, why not honor God and do it well? So, you don't plant some seeds that will begin to haunt you later. Am I making any sense? So, attend. Be tra- then, also be transparent with the counseling process. Transparent. Don't hide things. Don't what? Don't hide things. So you can receive wisdom to live the marriage life peacefully. That is we're taught is what we're still using. And it also informs some of the things that formed our uh, counseling material. We have one of the very effective material from counseling church. Very effective. Very effective. Proverbs 15.22 Go there. Proverbs 15.22 The Bible says without counsel. Purposes are what? Disappointed. Without cancer, purposes are what? Disappointed. Remember we said, when the purpose of a thing is not known, what happens? Abuse is what? Inevitable. So when you, counsel will inform you about the purpose of a thing. Proverbs 15, 22. Proverbs 15, 22. All right. When, when cancer will inform you about the purpose of a thing, and will give you the wisdom on how to engage it that's why without cancer purpose are disappointed without cancer in the area of marriage what will happen to the marriage disappointment okay all right but in the multitude of cancer what is it there are safety so when you reach out for cancer when you reach out for help stop complaining and killing yourself in private you're having an issue. And another thing again, there are some couples, the man and the woman, after they get married, they don't even love the word of God. So they're in short supply of cancer. Even when something is wrong, they don't have enough word understanding to address it. And on Sunday, as I'm talking, there are some watching African magic now. There may be, the, oh, hey, Barry is preaching now. God help you. On Sunday morning, they'll be watching African magic. Or, or what's it called? Is it Brick, Brick Bros or something? What's that one? Big word. Big brother, thank you. It's not this bros. It's, it's no brother. <laughs> They're watching Big Brother, watching a, a group of small people performing uh, uh, pornography in in a, in a place. That's 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 your life. And you have bigger things to deal with life. See, there's a destiny over your life, and you cannot afford to be poor when it comes to cancer. You have to be rich when it comes to cancer. You have to know what cancer is. Otherwise, you mess your life up big time. Purposes are disappointed when there are no cancer. But in the multitude of cancer, there's safety. That's why we encourage young, ones; those of you are coming up, don't dodge cancelling. Do that. Don't do backward, backyard. Because that's where the abuse starts from. When you get into a relationship with somebody who has an abusive because you didn't bring it to cancer, and the wisdom in your life will not spot it out, you will still go ahead and do what you want to do. See, I don't, I, don't, I don't introduce that to my mama. My mama, when my mama see mama laugh, he called like her. They always they buy suya for her. Look at your life, suya. Your life is what suya. When they call to you, they buy roasted plantain and uh, bole with fish. And anytime my mama go laugh, it always make my mama laugh. Aye. Please don't call me your pastor. Because if that's where your level is, just do things anyhow because that's where the abuse begins from. Abuse begins from disorder. Once you don't want to do things properly and wisely and in order, you've already opened the doors for abuse because you, you just want to. Because there's some of you, you just, you, that stubbornness, you've not yielded it to the cross of Christ. It's not been crucified inside you. That flesh is still speaking. So even after you're married, you're still stubborn as you were when you were single. Because you didn't go through cancer and the arrow of truth was not given to you and so you still continue to behave the way you are behaving because you were not brought into accountability. And that's where the problem starts from. When you hear some couples talk, you want to, I want to meet. Did you fall from planet Mars? The other one came from Jupiter. There's somewhere you now met on planet eight, or something like that. How, how? They can't stand themselves. They can't even look at themselves. They want to... Uh, don't mind. They have three children. Three children. Or four children or five children. And you say, I'm not table now. Is it by wireless transmission or what? Then you wonder what's going on. But cancel will open your eyes. Because When it comes to marriage, you don't you can't you can't listen to me. Even though the choice is yours, but the eyes are not only yours. You need other eyes to see well for you. Did you hear what I said? You need other eyes to do what? To help you see well. Because when, when you are seen from a biased mode, there are so many dangers that you probably will not see. And if you have nothing to hide, you will not be afraid to open up what you're doing to cancer. Because in the multitude of cancer, there is what? All this backyard secret love. We only know that when you're when you not put it on social media. In a relationship, yay. Yeah. You have no sense. No order. Then when you not quarrel, you're not say single. Just be advertising your nonsense in public in the name of social media. My time is up. Rise up. Let's pray. Sorry, man. We'll continue. So please, hang out. We'll do that second service. All right. Open your mouth and begin to talk to God. Hallelujah. I spoke from my heart as a pastor, so I hope you heard me this morning. Open your mouth and begin to pray. Ask the Lord. To speak to you praise god lift up your offering at the same time father we thank you for the ministry of the word we pray these words will take root in our hearts and begin to bear fruit in our life let it renew our mind bring understanding and insight and light to reset our ways in christ in jesus name we pray Amen. all right father we also thank you for another opportunity to honor you with our offering we give because you've asked us to give and we give us an expression of our worship honor to you and will continue to receive grace to abandon to every good works in Jesus name we pray amen, amen. amen. alright um, have your seat is you ready good can we begin to go through them want to go I think we read this last Sunday we read this last Sunday so go to the next one alright everybody want to go yeah. saying amen so be it should
0: thank you for joining us today Your generosity helps us to take this message to the ends of the earth. You can give on our website at www.therefugehc.org. So go ahead and click on the link in the description. Remember to subscribe to hear more messages like this.